This podcast may contain colourful language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Hey guys, welcome to the Generation Y Though podcast, where we ask why we are who we are, why we make our life choices, what is going on in the world, and why aren't we ready for any of it. We are just three best friends asking what the hell we have to do to get a goddamn cigarette around here, asking why Generation Y do what they do. Oh my god, like every <laughs> single bloody week. Generation Y is not smoke anymore, babes. We vape, okay? We vape. We vape. So guys, how are we all doing today? Good, good, good. It's been one of those weeks where it's like, I'm getting a picture from my gaff. My period <laughs> dropped. Oh. And I've just been having like stress. Storm Kira. Storm Sierra. Storm as the Londoners call it. Giving you that one-two step. Um, yeah, giving me that one-two step, babes. Yeah, just being a bit stressy. Oh, babes. Would you like a cup of tea? Will you get your cup of tea? Yeah, I love cup of tea. I love wee cup of tea. A wee cup John, what about you? Oh, my week's actually been perfectly fine. I kind of feel bad now. I'll make something up. Um, I went to Tesco this morning and my favourite sandwich I get with my meal deal was not there. I was very distressed. Hashtag millennial problems. I realise, but if I don't get my cheese and pickle sandwich, I get very upset. Well, John, I must say, I thought you were going to tell us that you bumped into the fox man again. Yeah, so did I. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> my PTSD is too strong still. I'm sure. So I had a lovely time. We Thanks never, for asking, guys. We never asked. Jesus Christ. I don't care what you have to say. Oh, how was your week, Connor? I had a lovely week. Thank you very much for asking. I think it's just one of those weeks. Like, it was fine, but it's just like, I don't know. I feel like I'm just dead. Like, work has just been really busy. There's just mm. been, like, so much crap happening. Um, politics is all over the place. Oh, my God, yeah. General election in Ireland 2020. Yes, general election in Ireland. Great result. Yeah. Well, very yeah. happy. Definitely better than we've had for the last 10 years or so, so. Um, I don't know if you guys have been following Twitter today. I haven't spoke to you about this yet, but I just cannot stop laughing. There's been you tw- say Jamila Jamil. Yes! <laughs> and Munchausen. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so invested in this. And I am convinced that she has Munchausen. Someone's tweeted, um, Yolanda Foster walked so Jamelia Jamil could run. I don't know if you get that, do you? It's Jamila. Is it Jamila? Not Jamila. Jamila. Oh. Jamila's always the talk about, about ew, 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 ew. You better stop. Oh my goodness. Do you um, get it? Yes, yes, I get it. Yes, I forgot that one. But yeah, I can't. It's so funny. I've seen it all over Twitter. It's absolutely hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Have you ever seen anything of like the picture of like the sexy bee and Jamila just being like <laughs> staring at a sexy bee? It's the funniest thing of my life. I, mean, I just, I think it's brilliant. I'm actually, I am a fan of hers. But no. what is going on? Yeah. What really is going on? As we said, it's been a very, very weird week in the world. I'm very today. weird. But speaking of today, what are we going to be talking about, Nikki? Today we're going to be talking about money. The dollar dollar bills. Dollar dollar bills, yo. Sugar daddy vibes. Can you pay my bills? Can you pay my telephone bills? Can you pay, <laughs> Can you pay my, pay my automobile automobile bills? <laughs> um, so we're going to be talking about and just repeatedly saying that Destiny's Child song, Bills, Bills, Bills. <laughs> So we're going to talk about money this week because it's the time of the year when we're still pretty fucking broke. Oh, completely agree. Yeah. Valentine's Day is coming up and mm. do I feel pressure to spend money on a certain somebody? Yes. Thank you, society. Okay, before we get into this, how do you feel about Valentine's Day? Uh, I used to like Valentine's Day because it Until was like... Until you met that sounds awful when you put it like that, but yes. It's actually the truth though. No, I think it's just a stupid, like it's a day. Like why do I have to buy, like we both know we're just gonna go to Asda and buy the same flowers and the same chocolate and just exchange it and it's not gonna mean anything, so what's the point? A scalped. I just scalped. want to say, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, it's not a real thing. It's not a real holiday, so. Well, St. Valentine was real if you believe in Christianity. His bones are in a church in Dublin. 
I've seen them. Ding, ding, ding. Fact of the day. Yeah, fact of the day. So yeah, this is one of the episodes that have been actually quite requested by you guys, the listeners, because I think as Generation Y, one thing we can all agree with is the struggle of money. Like, I think at least once a week, you're going to turn around and be like, sorry, I'm actually broke. I cannot do that. Yes. Financial woes is definitely one of the big issues of our millennial generation. And I feel like it rounds off previous episodes, renting, careers, Mm. Christmas, even Halloween was loosely linked talk about rent prices in London even in the very first episode I feel like we've talked about money a lot practically in every episode since so I think it's quite nice to round it off and actually, actually get it into a good yeah a good deep conversation about it and how much we're all going to cry about the end of it but see how little we have of it Absolutely. yes so so true and like money is something that underpins our entire society like western civilization is built on capitalism it's all about getting money earning money capitalism capitalism (laughs) yeah it's literally all about that so you cannot no matter how much you try you cannot escape money do you know what i mean it comes down to how much money you earn it's the money that you want to spend on your house on your clothes on your drinks with your friends like it's everything you need it for everything you need it for everything you need it to have fun you need it to have a social life you need it to have a roof over your head everything and i think We're going to talk today about uh, different ways Generation Y spend their money, how they save their money, and we can share some we can share some tips and experiences. I don't know about tips. I don't don't have any saving tips, otherwise I'd have a lot of money right now. Just the tip. Just just the tip. But yeah, I think it's a good idea to kind of talk about the habits that we have as a generation, where they kind of came from, where we think they're going to go in the future, etc., etc. Speaking of which, growing up, did you understand? the concept of money like did your parents teach you the value of a dollar as the americans would say that's where you first learn about money do you know what I mean? yeah. yeah i mean i got pocket money weekly oh did you yeah i mean if i did a job i got a bit of money if i didn't do the job i got a bit of money not a lot and my dad my mom would say oh he wasn't spoiled he got his money when he deserved it my dad would say he got too much money for doing certain jobs he doesn't understand the concept of money but mm. you know when you're a child do you understand the concept of money? Mm. To me, I fair, I thought that pocket money was like an American thing. I didn't realize kids got it because I didn't. I did the hoovering and the ironing and the washing. Why do I sound like Cinderella? Why was I attending the fires? No, but I got a bit of, you know, I got, if I like, you know, cut the grass or something like that, you know, I get a bit of something for that. I didn't get nothing. Well, or if I did enough things for a week, my mom would buy me like the PlayStation game I wanted. So mm. I guess I guess I didn't necessarily want cash, cold hard cash in my hand at that age. I viewed money as like, you know, I need this to buy the things for my PlayStation, to buy the CDs I want, to buy the music player that I want. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Nikki? Uh, I don't really remember getting pocket money, but I also, I don't ever remember like not going without money. Jesus, I sound so privileged. I no, mean, we are we, privileged. Like, we as, are so privileged. As white people, we talked this before, yeah. we are very privileged in our upbringing, do you know what I mean? Um, I don't think I understood um the concept of money just because i just wasn't aware of it i never felt like i didn't have any money and i never felt like i had loads of money it was just one of those things that i had everything i needed in regards to like food clothes toys whatever Mm. and i wasn't given pocket money it wasn't something that we were doing but my parents i guess would buy me stuff so that's the equivalent of it i just it wasn't something i was aware of or discussed um and in saying that it's also something i didn't learn a lot about like i didn't learn about savings accounts and how to balance the books and do all of that type of stuff with money like it wasn't something I was aware of as a kid at all I always knew like I could ask my parents for money to go to the shop and get sweets or something yeah, like that yeah. but I was also where I couldn't just try and say ma'am buy me a playstation tomorrow like I think even at a young age I knew like certain things cost a lot of money those are for special occasions mm. but getting like you know a pound or two or a year or two when we eventually reached that age um, wasn't a big deal mm. so I, I think I understood 
there was a certain limit I could ask for yeah. at a young age. Yeah, I agree. And I think when I got to the age where I'm sort of too old to be, you know, bought things for, I just got a job. When I was 16, 17, I got a job. And that kind of, I guess then was when my parents were like, okay, look, if you want to buy some nice things, you want to buy a My Chemical Romance poster and you want to buy a new album, then you've got to go work. Oh my God, I keep forgetting that you were a goth. It was such an emo, honey. Such an emo. Oh. I, I think I was kind of the same. Like my parents were very much that generation that worked their ass off to get money to get themselves built up. You know what I mean? Like my dad would work like three jobs when he was growing up. Mom worked full time until she had me and my brother and sister. So like they made the money to make sure that we didn't have to want for anything or that we didn't have to go out yeah. there and get the money so they could give us everything. And that was, I know, like a really good thing for us to have. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like I was very, very lucky. So I, I'd, say, I'd probably say I was a little bit spoiled as a child. Considering I was the firstborn as well. Yeah. Definitely spoiled until the other two came along and then it was like, all right, you're done now. <laughs> we need to worry about the others. But I'm the same as you. Once you got to that age of like 16, you went out, got a job, made that money so that you didn't have to rely on your parents as much. Yeah. I had the exact same. The second same. I turned 16, my parents were like, yo, get a job. You know, I, I still got like nice things for Christmas and my birthday and stuff. But as you say, if I wanted to go to the pub and get a few drinks, mm. I couldn't just turn to like give me twenty quid. They're no. like, no, you, you know, you got your cash in your hand and started. You, you know, you can get those, you can get those things hand. for yourself. Cash in hand, girl. Yeah. Cash in hand. I used to work three jobs on the weekends. I think I said that I before. Know. Like literally three jobs between Saturday and Sunday, which might as well have just been one job to get the money to go drinking during the week. You've only told me that story just once this week, oh. which is actually an accomplishment. I hate you. Proud of you. Mm. So I think that's a good idea. I think the three of us, and I'd say a lot of our listeners are probably the same. Like, you know, you get to a certain age in your life when you realize, right, I need to go out and start earning my own money and start putting my foot on the ladder, as it were. And I think for our generation, that's a huge thing. And I think as well, we need to give ourselves more credit for the fact that we actually go out and do that because a lot of older generations look on our millennial selves and say that we don't understand money or we don't know how to save or that all we do is complain and spend money on frivolous things and don't know how to save, which I think is bullshit. Well, apparently it is bullshit because... Miss Sassy! Ooh! I'm here to correct all of those baby boomers. Well, do you know where that came from? Where? So originally, one of the things a couple of years ago, there was like an Australian billionaire who was on TV and he said that if millennials didn't spend their time buying avocado toast, they'd have enough money to buy a house. To be honest with you, though, I think if we're to review the spending habits of millennials and Gen Ys, they are extremely different to baby boomers. Like, I know myself, my dad and mum... I don't think have ever or would ever buy a coffee in their mm. life. That's such a thing, like so going out to buy a coffee in yeah, Starbucks. My parents would never buy coffee. My no. parents don't really eat out. My parents don't go to the cinema. Yes, they have expenses. They go on holiday. They enjoy those things. But my dad is literally wholly against going out for a dinner. Like, he's like, I don't understand why you would do that. I don't understand why you would <laughs> ever buy a coffee when you can make a cup of tea at home. I don't get it. So there's a bit of truth in frivolous spending I guess particularly with coffee too because that is just ridiculous I even have to stop myself from buying coffees every day there is a difference in what we spend and what previous generations have spent completely I think though we discussed this about previous generations I mean there was this thing about you know turn 18 find a boyfriend get married have kids buy a house I mean as we discussed previously we're getting married that later mm. you know obviously how rising house prices you know, we're not buying houses at this age. You know, we can't afford to buy houses at this age. Are we saving for houses or are we just saving for emergencies? 
it's hard to have an end goal of you know, a family or a house if, if that kind of stuff is years and years off. So what's wrong with living your youth a little bit? Well, well it depends. I think it's different for everyone in our generation because I have a lot of friends who are doing that whole saving for a house and marriage and kids kind of thing. And I think there's some of us that aren't. Like, I'm not. <laughs> but I think there's a complete disconnect to how broke we think we are and how unachievable buying a house is to the life we actually live. Thank because you. Because I'm on about this a lot, but I also, as I've said in previous podcasts, I go on holiday four times a year. Did any of our parents go on holiday four times a year when they were saving for a house? I know mine absolutely didn't. Mm. And I know when I was younger, we went on holidays maybe once a year and that was a big thing. Now my parents are living their best life because their kids have grown up and yes. they travel the world. But I am not really... I could make more sacrifices if I really wanted to. I think we think that... I, I'm kind of gone against my generation here, but I think sometimes we think it should come easier when actually we don't give up our bottomless brunches every weekend and we don't give up going out all the time and we don't give up our city breaks that are but we don't so i think there is a disconnect i think it's what we think we should be entitled to but we're also not sacrificing enough yeah but i will say things like you know back in the old times where you could work 40 hours a week in the olden times times. you could work a certain amount of hours a week on a minimum wage or just above it and that was enough hours and way to save to buy a house yeah you're right i mean cost of living has right has risen exponentially yeah and the cost of buying a house risen exponentially yeah but how much the percentage of the living wage risen no how much has a minimum wage risen you know are we now trying to fight a a gap that's ever widening Mm -hmm. that we're never going to attain you know are we just going to live our lives as super renters be grateful we have a roof over our heads and just get those little bit of home comforts that we have because you might never attain those goals of owning a house. No, I, I, I totally understand what you're saying because if you ask your parents how much it was to buy the house that they're in or like, you know, to rent when they were back in the day, it's a quarter of the price that we would pay nowadays. Mm. And the salaries that we would make compared to what they would make probably haven't increased at the same level. Like, it's a complete... It's it's not fair, like, because I think our parents' generation, maybe not our parents, but our parents' generation will look and be just like, well, I was able to get a house, that's mm-hmm. totally fine. Whereas with us, we're like, we could do the exact same, I could live the exact same life that you guys did, and I and wouldn't be able wouldn't. to buy a house. I wouldn't be able to because of the difference in price. There's some pretty morbid stats here, and I don't know whether to share them because I think John is about to cry. But, uh, <laughs> this is a really interesting survey, and it's not really a survey, I guess it's more of a paper published by the Financial Conduct Authority, um, and it's called Intergenerational Differences. Mm. I'm going to read all of this out because they word it pretty well. So stay with me, guys. It said that people in our age group, the Generation Y millennials, face a series of difficulties in building wealth due to the combined impact of rising house prices, insecure employment and higher debt, including student debt. So everything you mentioned, John. Mm -hmm. FCA said it had crunched numbers to find out how feasible it was for a millennial to accumulate the current levels of wealth enjoyed by baby boomers. To do this, it compared average levels of wealth for each generation and calculated the percentage year-on-year increase required to bridge the gap. Mm -hmm. FCA found that for the average millennial to achieve similar levels of wealth accumulation as those reaching retirement today, they would need to achieve wealth growth of about 48% year-on-year between the age 20 and 36. Shut up. And then around 7% year-on-year between 37 and 51. And then around 6% year-on-year between 52 and 64. So not very feasible. Oh my God, so we were right. Yes. Well, that's the thing, and oh, it's it's so frustrating that that's the world that we live in because we work so hard at our jobs to earn money and try and save and do this, that, and the other. And we're never going to get there. And to be honest, if we're never going to get there, why not get a wee coffee in Starbucks? Exactly. So I... Do you get me? Yeah. I can see where the other generations and other people are coming from when they look at us and they're like, you're mourning about your money, you're mourning about your money, but you're also going to spend £7.50 on a chai latte. Listen, 
It is the only thing that gives us comfort in this crumbling environment. I can never pay for a home. I will never have a mortgage. Let me sip on my latte. Right. And that's the tea on and that, that's the sis. Tea on that. So obviously baby boomers have stereotyped us as spending our money on frivolous things such as the infamous avocado on toast line. Mm-hmm. But how do we actually spend our money? Is there some truth to that matter? I spend the avocado on toast plus £30 bottomless brunch. <laughs> <laughs> I just pay for the brunch. Yeah, I just pay for the brunch. No food. Okay, so I might go on like a few city breaks, maybe two city breaks a year and one holiday. Um, I might eat out like once a week. I'll go out, but I, I, I genuinely don't think I spend extortionate amounts of money on crazy things. Yeah, well, I genuinely don't think I do. I think I think a part of that is like living in London. Yeah, obviously, how much percentage of my wage has gone on just living and just surviving? So I'm also and I'm also a bit conscious nowadays of just having a bit of money set aside for emergencies. Mm-hmm. But I genuinely don't think I, you know, I'm not in debt to anything by like a student loan yeah but I, I I think I've been very very careful but I do spend it on the on a coffee I do spend it on lunches I do spend it on avocado and toast I do spend it on brunches but I genuinely don't think that my spending is excessive mm-hmm. but then some people come my view as like Jesus fucking Christ John I've just seen your Monzo mm-hmm. I've just seen your Barclays why is <laughs> like why is McDonald's here 15 times can you please stop we asked this question on our polls on Instagram and we got lots of lovely answers back. So we yes, asked... Yes, we did. Um, what do these people spend most of their money on? Majority of people said rent. Followed by food. So second was food. Most people said they spend money on food. And then flights and travel was also a really popular one. So I guess that is probably a unique spend compared to other generations at our age. I know my parents at my age were not spending money on flights and travel all the time. Yeah. Mm. Um, a lot of our listeners also are people who live abroad. So flights are going to be an added expense if you want to travel home exactly. um, every now and then. No, yeah. Uh, some people also said food was a big one. Food, food, way too much food. Um, <laughs> and then traveling holidays, mortgage. Um, who said mortgage? Who said mortgage? Which one of our listeners no, said mortgage? Was... Spill the tea, sis. That was... Name and shame. No, I'm not naming and shaming. I'm not naming hmm. and shaming. Hmm. I wish I was at a mortgage in my yeah, life. Yeah, me too. Right I wish I was Actually, you know what? I know exactly who that was. You do? Yeah. Okay. So it's interesting to see that a lot of the, you know, our listeners who we would class as our Gen Y millennial friends kind of have the same spending habits as us, mm-hmm. which doesn't seem to be anything too crazy, if I'm being honest. But on the flip side of that, are we actually saving money? So do you guys have savings accounts? Like, are you aware of what a savings account is? Do you know how to save money? I'm fortunately in a position now where I can say I am saving a decent amount of money a month. Five years ago, I was saying, what savings? Oh my God, mm. I was living paycheck to paycheck. I realize I'm very fortunate saying this. I am saving now. But again, I'm not saving for an end goal. I'm not saving for a house because it's so far off. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm saving money for like the, a holiday I might want to go on during the summer. Or, you know, if we get evicted from our house and suddenly we have to get a deposit. Wait, are we getting evicted? I'm just saying. Oh. No, so, I am. Um, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Just, sorry, God, sorry. I want to say the E word again. Sorry. But it's like in emergency in case we're evicted and we, we I'm saving for that. A rainy day. A rainy day. Yeah. Um, an emergency fund. Thankfully, I'm now put enough money into it that it's actually seeing. It's growing. But I'm not saving, again, I'll say it again, I'm not saving for any particular end goal and it's hard to motivate yourself. I'm probably in the category of a lot of our other listeners that aren't necessarily saving every month. Like I do live paycheck to paycheck. So you don't have a savings account? I do have a savings account, it's just negative. Oh. Yeah, there's not Is that possible? Say possible? Who knows? We'll oh, okay. find out. Uh, yeah, I do have a savings account. Is there much in it? 
to be honest, not really. Yeah, like, okay. I have to live paycheck to paycheck at the minute because London prices are so high. And mm-hmm. you know what? I don't, even, I don't even know if London prices are the worst thing at the minute because, like, I've gone home a few times and I'm like, things aren't necessarily super cheap compared to London. Yeah. yeah. Do you I know mean, what I mean? I went back to my old uni town um, during Christmas. Pint of Heineken cost, pints of Heineken cost me €5.20. What? So it's not like I'm going... It's not like when I go back to Ireland, I'm exactly saving a lot yeah. of money. If you find the right pubs in London, yeah. you'll get cheaper than that. I love how we determine money. Every Irish person determines the cost of living on a pint price. It's the value um, of a pint. Like, my dad's mastermind subject is average price of points in Europe in every city in Europe like I swear this is what we judge everyone I on. love that so I do live paycheck to paycheck and I think that's um, and that's an okay thing do you know what I mean like I have no shame saying I live paycheck to paycheck do mm-hmm. I have a little bit at the end of each month yeah that's totally fine do I have to dip into my overdraft every now and then yeah and, and that's fine and there's reasons for that where I am in my life now and I think some of it stems from the fact that I found my career quite late in life mm-hmm. so I spent my early 20s travelling and going to different countries and working in random jobs that I didn't see any progression in so I didn't have the chance to build a Saving. but now in the last two years I've found a career that I want to kind of grow in and I have started to grow and I've increased my salary and because of that I'm now getting to a point where I'm able to start saving which is a good thing but it just so happens that I didn't get to this point as early as John did obviously trying to be a teacher when he was like in his early 20s compared to me when he figured it out like at 25. Listen don't feel like you have to make an excuse for it sometimes you just can't save and the fact that it's on your radar and it's something you plan to do that's saving in itself. Yeah, exactly. Um, you're also not alone. Ooh. Um, according to our questions that we put out on Instagram, we asked our listeners if they have a savings account. 70% said yes, but 30% said no. We also asked them how often do they go into overdraft. So 34% said monthly and 66% said less than monthly. So that's still, still a big chunk of people who are living paycheck to paycheck and who have to dip into their overdraft every now and then. This is life. Don't Do not hang yourself up about this, but the way oh yeah as long as yeah. you're able to manage it as long as you're able to manage it and pay off. exactly but you would be pleasantly surprised that in general seven out of ten young adults or generation y are regularly putting money aside with almost 174 pound a month being saved on average with uk millennials um, and actually in the uk this is a study done by Revolut, by the way which is a great alternative banking app I think we should talk about alternative banking apps later maybe this episode is sponsored by Revolut. please <laughs> please please we spoke about the average price of a pint back home isn't even that cheap. And that's also reflecting the savings because in Dublin and in Ireland, I think they're one of the lowest savers, um, according to Revolut, in Europe. So oh, really? Yeah, they only save on average about £100 a month. So that's us, Ireland. And to be fair, that's probably the extortion of prices in Dublin yeah, at the minute as 100%. well. Yeah, 100%. But um, in the UK, Revolut's London customers save an average of £254.95 a month. <laughs> the Almost double compared with... Um, their other UK counterparts. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am, I've yet to meet those London people. I've yet to meet those London choice. people. Yeah. I think this reflects a tweet that I read, which I thought was very, very poignant. It's kind of like, listen, sis, you can stop eating out as much as you want. You can, you know, batch cook all your food for your breakfast and dinner all you want. You can make yourself a hermit all you want. Take away any luxuries that you want. You can do as many dry Januaries as you want. But at the end of the day, you're just not earning enough money. Yeah. And that's the crux of business. Yep. Like you can remove all the luxuries that you want, but between your bills and your rent and, you know, and all those, you know, non-negotiable costs, shall we say, if you're not earning enough money, there's nothing you can do mm-hmm. to save. Mm-hmm. I agree, but I think it comes to the point where we can complain about this till the cows come home. Like, it's fucking shit, but it's about how do we live our life 
to get through it. What is the best steps we can do? I try and save as much as I can. I have two savings accounts. Two! She has two! One is a help to buy ISA, which if people are looking to buy a home, you can put money into and the government matches it, I think, with another like £1,500. You cannot take the money out of that ISA. It's an ISA until you want to take it out and take out the help to buy a mortgage. I don't even know whether it's something I'm going to do, but I just entered it to see. If I get a free fifteen hundred quid, great. <laughs> um, the second bank account or the second savings account I have is one that I would recommend. It's an everyday saver. I'm with Halifax, so it's an everyday saver account, which means you can put as much in as you like, but you can also take it out as and when you need it. So yeah, it sounds like I have two savings accounts and I have money. That's not the case. I get paid. I put as much money as I can in the savings account, and I slowly dip in and out of it towards the end of the month. So it's a good option though. If you're left even with fifty quid in that at the end of the month, that's fifty quid saved. You know. Oh yeah. I have an app called Moneybox Mm. and you link it to your account and it takes out a certain amount of money out of your account every single week. Mm -hmm. And then every time you use your card, it also runs up to the next pound and puts that in savings as well. So if you buy something for 92 pence, it will round up the eight pence and put that eight pence into your savings. It's very helpful. It has, there's one feature which is probably a positive or a negative. Um, is you cannot draw the money out straight away because it puts it into... Um, but the point of that one is that it's an investment so that you can Stocks earn, and shares. Yeah, oh. stocks and shares. So you can earn a little bit of money on it, but you can also technically lose money on it as well. Yeah. Okay, so, that's really... that's a really We can link that up in our socials. Yes. That really so good. I've been losing money on it for the first two years, but now I have actually made £25 two pence oh overall. Oh my god! But because obviously you're putting into stocks and shares, you can't just draw the money straight away. Well, we talked about that app and the fact that you have to put it into this, like, you know, stocks and shares kind of thing. You can lose money and make money. I'm using an app at the minute called Tandem, which basically does the same thing. It connects to your bank account and it transfers. It rounds up and puts it in a savings account, but it's just a regular savings account. It doesn't put it into stocks and shares, so you can take it out whenever. Nice. Um, and you can put it in that way. So it's just a handy little thing. It only puts in about £20 a month for me, but, like, it's a handy little thing to have. We asked our listeners what they are saving for. Um, Oh, did we? That's cool. Yes, we did. I got a nice plethora of answers. So a lot of people said they were saving for a mortgage. Some people said they were saving to move out of their parents' home. Some people said they were saving as part of a 10-year plan. Some people said they were saving for holidays and traveling and flights that came up a couple of times, buying a house. This one made me laugh because that's what adults do. (laughs) I thought that was funny. That's such a good answer. And then a lot of people then were saving for emergency in case of emergency for a rainy day. So in general, people seem to have varied reasons for saving across the board, but millennials are doing it. Yeah. I think it, as it, it comes down to different goals and where you are in your career and where you are in your life. Mm-hmm. Like some people are, are in their, you know, are in their late 20s and they've had a career for a couple of years and they're saving for a house. Other people might have had, you know, not been so lucky, might have been unlucky in the previous couple of years, could be late 20s living with their parents and just saving to move out yeah. of the parents' house in general. Yeah. It just depends on the person, but you're also working towards a goal when it comes to saving, which I think is still very impressive. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So the final question we asked um, was, if you lost your job, would you have enough money in the bank to cover rent and bills? 53% said yes and 47% said no. So it was kind of split in the middle. It's a bit scary because people are saying that they're saving and they're putting away a bit of money, but obviously not a lot because everybody is potentially one paycheck away from homelessness. And we see this a lot, especially with generation rent when our rent is crazy, crazy mm. high. And landlords do not give a shit whether you can pay nope. it or not. No. Not an Irish glossary moment, but just wanted to dip in here and let you guys know that you should probably go listen to our episode on renting. It's episode number four. We get really deep on what it's like to rent in this day and age. So if you haven't had a listen, check back on it quickly. How important is it to have 
that backup money and that backup plan. If you don't have enough money in your savings to not have enough to pay your next month's rent, so mm-hmm. if you got let go and there's a problem and you don't have enough savings to pay your rent the next month, I don't think that you can then say you have savings. I think it comes down to, oh, I have a spare few quid. I know it sounds awful. I I do think that should be your minimum goal. Easier said than done. I totally get that. But when I started saving a couple of years ago, that was my main goal. Mm. Thankfully, I can, I can do that now. Yeah. And it is a sigh of relief. Yeah. But I do think your first goal, before anything, before like saving for a marriage or saving for buying a house or that, is to just have enough money that if a horrible thing happens, do you have enough to put a, rent, a house or a roof over your head for 30 more days. That's really, really good advice. And when I first moved over um, and I kind of just knew Ben and we were very early in the relationship, I made sure that I always had enough money that if shit hit the fan and we broke up tomorrow and I had to move out, I tried or kind of had enough to put a down payment on a deposit or something because you never know what's going to happen. Never. Mm. This environment that we live in is so unstable at the minute. So we have to be very careful. I heard a really good tip for saving actually. I just remember this. If you want to buy something that's 50 quid, 100 quid, 200 quid, it's kind of expensive. Everything that you buy, you should only buy it if you can then save double that price. So if I want to buy a pair of shoes for 100 pound, I only allow myself to buy those shoes if I can then put 200 pound in my savings account. Oh, but then I'd never get anything. I'd never get anything. I've never done this, (laughs) by the way, but I just thought that was a really good tip. Even small things, if I'm gonna treat myself to lunch today for 10 quid, I have to make sure I save 20. It's yeah. just a way, a good way of watching your spending. Don't deal myself, but I thought that was a <laughs> yeah. I just want those, like, if you buy a coffee machine for 50 quid, yep. make sure you save on um, buying coffee 100 pounds the next month. Yeah. Yeah. Little things. Well, I have another tip too. Um, this is something that a lot, a lot of people do because it's a bit of a hassle, but you should really have a look at the different banks there are in your city mm. or in your country and see if you can make a profit off of that. Because when I first moved to London, I joined Lloyds Bank because they were one of the only banks that allow you to join with a passport and not like an official address and stuff. And when you move to London and you don't have that all sorted, it's perfect, but I never had any benefits with them. So I switched to, so I switched to First Direct who gave me 150 pounds just for switching. Mm-hmm. And now I'm moving to HSBC because First Direct give you 100 pounds when you leave and HSBC give you 175. So that's the guts of like five, 600 quid, which could be your rent that I've got just from taking the balls to go switch your bank because a lot of people don't do it because they think it's a hassle but there is a switching service that does it for you and you will have a switch within three days and that's a really handy tip to take advantage of that's really really good advice i've never done it myself because i'm always too nervy too but actually you're getting free money no it's really and it works like i've done it already and i'm doing it again it's really easy but no one does it because it's like oh god it's the hassle fuck it i'll be fine yeah do it really do it don't they make it don't the banks make it as easy as possible to switch over for you they'll do all the paperwork for you they'll help with swapping over your account number and sort code thing over to your new job because they realize if you do all the work you won't do it so they'll do the work for you yeah they do all your direct evidence all your standing orders like but even though things like i'm with barclays and it's a thing called blue rewards and you pay three pounds a month and then they give you eight pounds and then you get like 20 to 30% off loads of different shops and things mm. like that. So you actually, it's just a random little thing, but I get like, a, I get in a random, I get an extra five pounds a month just for doing that. And then I've actually saved on certain restaurants that we go to. Since we're here and we're giving tips, they're all coming back to me. Another thing, cause I'm, if you don't know this, I'm very scabby with money and I'm very conscious of, I know a lot of people are like, I'll go off and spend money. I'm very conscious of every penny that I spend. Okay. It's an awful trait to have, but it's a trait that I, I have. I don't think it's awful for No, it is. It's, it's annoying and I don't like it. I don't like to be that person, but hey, here we are. Another one is there is a website that you can use called topcashback.co.uk. You go onto the website and it gives you discounts. So if you go onto topcashback.com and if you're looking to switch your internet provider, so you're on Sky and you're looking to switch to Virgin, if you go onto Virgin's 
section of their website, they will say, oh, if you take out a new contract with Virgin and you do it through this link, we will give you an extra 80 quid. Wow. So you'll save money by switching to somewhere else and you'll get 80 quid because of it. And I've done that when I've got a new phone contract. I've done that when I've switched um, internet and TV stuff. If I switched um, utility bills, if you're buying like a really big purchase, like a mattress or something like mm-hmm. that, try and do it on top cashback because you can build quite a lot and you can get that back as cash you can get it back as a voucher for amazon you can get it back for loads of stuff oh my god that's amazing i'm definitely gonna look into that do. look at us and our martin lewis shit do i you know am what not I mean? evil yeah, yeah. Uh, i said i had two savings account which made me sound like an absolute angel but <laughs> the biggest fear for me in life is the word pension mm. because i have opted out of my pension because i don't want to pay like my pension is pretty expensive i don't want to pay those hundreds of pounds whatever it is a month so I've opted out and I know that that is probably a really, really bad decision, but I just don't feel like I can afford to pay right now. But it's... that's fair because I feel like in the public sector, you guys but work for like the public sector, you yeah. have to pay a higher percentage. Whereas yeah. I pay into my pension, but it's only like 30, 40 quid a month. Yeah. Like, so I don't even feel it. Like it's yeah, tiny. I'm paying into the hundreds. Yeah. But it's, it's just really hard to think long term. It's so difficult to think long term. I know it's so yeah. stupid, but it's just one of those things that I can't wrap my head around. Right and I feel now. like you'd be like seventy, but like fuck's sake, like why didn't you just fucking do it? I know I'll regret this. <laughs> I know I will, and I think it will. It will be something I'll have to do in the next few years. But right now, I'm like, do not mention the p word to me. <laughs> I'm going to say it because I have. I, I feel like the next topic we talk about money, owing money, and debt. But let's make one thing fucking clear: the second you turn eighteen, get enough leaving cert points, you can go to university. The bank are like, here is a card, here is a student fucking what's it called loan, um, loan. Here is a can't think of what's it called. Why are you doing wavy motions? What when you go down below zero? Overdraft. overdraft yeah here is a student Jesus Christ John. I'm sorry here is a student overdraft off you go and live your life yeah and then you go from your parents helping you a little bit living at home to suddenly you have more money or more access to money that doesn't necessarily belong to you than you've ever had and we don't have understanding of spending it's no, very no. frivolous when you're trying to you have to be the amount of people that I know that are still suffering from being in their overdraft so severely during their entire university life because yeah. we are not prepared for it. You're not taught that in schools. There is no class in school that teaches you this is what a tax return is. There's nothing that teaches you this is what a bank is. This is what interest is. This is what credit is. This is what debt is. Like we're taught the stupidest things in school history and geography and all that stuff, but we're not taught actual yeah. life skills. And this is why debt is such a scary issue for us millennials. Because you're right, you were coming out of university and you're coming out of school with knowing how to multiply brackets, but not knowing how to balance, yeah, not knowing how to balance your books, like Mm. not knowing what an overdraft is, not knowing terms and conditions of a credit card, of a loan, of any of these things. I I still am learning what these things are. To be fair, I did do accounting in secondary school and that doesn't even teach you it. You know what I mean? (laughs) But it's just things like you go for a credit card, that's 39% APR. What is that? What the fuck is APR? If I see one more ad in the telly talking about APR, I swear. I remember though, I got a student loan when I was in university and it was £1,000, it was a student travel loan. And I took it out because I was going on holiday with Ben actually. Uh, I took it out because I was like, I'm going to Turkey for two weeks and I really, really, really want to get a full head of microbead hair extensions. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they're £350. And like my mom was like, you are fucked if you think I'm giving you money for that. Obviously, I was working part time in Zara. Like I didn't have, it was so expensive. So I took out a student travel loan, went online on Pretty Little Thing and ASOS and bought loads of bikinis. Maybe had about 200 of it for actually traveling. And then the rest was spent on my glorious 22 inch Russian hair that I had in my head for a solid year. You're going to see that on Instagram, don't worry. Yeah. 
So thank you, Bank of Ireland, for helping me out. But speaking of all this, like, this is what we said. Our generation is very much in debt. And debt is a thing that I think a lot of people are afraid to talk about or scared to talk about if they are in debt because it's such a shameful thing. And it's not. Sometimes you need to get into debt because things are going bad in your life and you end up falling in by accident. But it's one of those things that you need to feel comfortable talking about in order to get out of there. And it's not a bad thing. Like, if you're in debt, talk about it. You know what I mean? It's also things like, you know, oh, you're 23. You're actually university. Do you have a credit score? Yeah. No. Well, you need to build a credit score if you want to buy yes, a mortgage. The dreaded here's credit a, score. Yeah, here's a credit card. Yeah. Spend money on that and build your credit score. Hmm. Well, that's the thing. I was one of those kids as well. I didn't understand what a credit score was. So Me neither. When I first moved to London, after all my other travels, when I first moved to London, I got myself a credit card uh, because I wanted to build a credit score so I could build a life for myself. But obviously, spent on other things a little bit. And it was, some of it was, like, you know, a couple of drinks on a night out. And some of it was a bit of a meal takeaway here and there. Some of it was going on holidays to visit friends and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. I can pay that all off. And it kind of builds up and it builds up. And it's true. You don't realize how big it gets until it's there. And then once these interest rates start rolling in and suddenly when you're paying off, you're only getting the interest paid off, not the actual debt that you're in. It can get very scary very quickly. And for a lot of people, you're not taught what debt is and why it's not actually your money and people get run away with it. And that's what happened. But luckily enough now, I'm at a place where I'm not too bad and I've got it all done and it's all out of the way and I'm building those savings, like we said, but some people never get out of that. Yeah, you're so right. And it's terrible because these companies target usually people who don't have a lot of money in the unemployed. And when you notice this the most is, if I'm at home randomly during the day, working from home, <laughs> aka watching Jeremy Kyle, you'll see that daytime TV adverts are always for same day loans, yes, loan sharks, because it's aimed at people who are sitting at home unemployed. And they do this on purpose. And they're you're right, you pay back with ridiculous interest rates. Mm. They're definitely targeting like young families mm-hmm. and young people just out of college. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, some people, young people, when they move out of home, maybe they're not making the right choices and they fall into bad habits with, yeah. you know, things they, they're not used to when they were younger. So suddenly they need money to pay back certain people. Yeah. These things as well, I don't think are tightly regulated. A lot of these money lenders aren't tightly regulated. So you're probably not even protected if you fall into trouble with these people. So be careful, guys, of, of, of who you're getting a loan from. KPMG did a study on millennials and debt. And 42% of millennials say that debt repayments are a significant chunk of their outgoings. Uh, in fact, it found that more than one in five 25 to 34-year-olds say they spend more than 60% of their income the day it enters their account. Wow, that's crazy. To be fair, there's nothing worse than like the second of the month when all your bills come out at once. Oh my God. Oh, my fucking soul. One source for covering debts for millennials is the good old bank of mommy and daddy. Oh my God, T. Yeah. So a lot of people borrow money from their parents, but there is also a generation of people who still get pocket money from their parents. Well, at our age? Yes, at our age. No. Yes. In 2017, there was a survey done from Loans at Home where they found that 42% of parents still give pocket money to their children past the age of 18. Money Supermarket showed that 58% of 25 to 35 year olds had also taken loans from their parents with an average amount being £2,500. So where do you fit with money and your parents? When I first moved to England, I got up to Liverpool, I did borrow a certain amount of money off my parents. Yeah. We had an agreement about it. Because again, I had to get a deposit in the house straight away. I had to 
pay the first month's rent that had to pay all these bills I did get money off them mm-hmm. um, I did pay them back I'm not going to sit here and say like oh you shouldn't be relying on your parents because obviously if you're in a certain financial situation if you're at a certain age sometimes they are the only go-to or they are the best go-to yeah. and thank you my parents you're very kind and gave me the money um, I guess it starts turning into if you're 34 your parents are still have a standing order into your account of yeah. money going into your account I mean do you really need that money mm-hmm. or I don't know it's an interesting question like I'm when I so I'm kind of in the same boat as you like obviously I went to college and went traveling and stuff like that and I did have a job and I kind of tried to build up as much money of that as possible my parents did help me go to college but I think they they, they were like we've saved money for you specifically yeah. to go to college which they, they were very good to help me with the fees and some of the first and second year rent payments and stuff which was really really nice because I was like on campus and stuff um, but I think once that kind of was over it was very much like right you need to kind of sort yourself out at this point yeah they were still they, they were still quite good to me if i needed it like they've never made me feel bad if i had to come and ask for money because i haven't been in a situation mm-hmm. like i thought i was financially stable like when i used to go traveling around america and stuff and before i got a job so they were all always quite good with that but now i think at my age i personally i feel embarrassed having to go back and that's only on me yeah because i um because i feel now i'm at a point where i am financially stable so if i did have to go back to them, I'd be like no i've gotten past that point i've got myself a steady job and a sturdy foundation of what I'm living on I can fend for myself now yeah. if I did have to go back I know they'd have no problem doing it but I wouldn't want to go back unless it was necessary yeah. if that makes sense no that definitely makes sense and I understand that too and sometimes it can be kind of embarrassing asking your parents for money not normally but only because I'm in a place now where I can do it so yes. if I have to ask because it's serious then I'm like kind of like oh. for yeah. me I guess it's almost like like a, a pride thing yeah like I'm at, I'm at an age now it's like He's like, look, mom and dad, I can, when I come home, I, I want to take you out. I want to treat you. Get your you around know, that I'm going to get you around things. I'm going to pay for dinner. I want to you know, do nice things for you as opposed to you constantly giving me money. But again, I understand that certain people are not in the situation that we are in. Yeah. Well, it's the question, isn't it? Do they actually need the money or are they just being lazy and staying at home and not looking for money? Or are they genuinely like, I cannot find work and I don't have anywhere to live and my life is just actually really shit and I need the money? I think you see this person, this picture painted of the millennial sitting at home on the couch playing PlayStation and their parents are still paying for them. Yeah. I think we live in a situation where we are forced to live with our parents for longer because we can't afford to move out. Yes. And thankfully, I think just generations, parents and, and baby boomers have been very accepting of that in a lot of, especially in Ireland, we see at home when people um, live with their parents for a longer period of time, they can't move out. Yeah. I know a lot of my friends still do. I think when you discussed about getting a loan from your parents, a loan is fine because the loan is under the premise that you will pay them back. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's an agreement that they're giving it to you with the understanding, with the they'll understanding get it back. that they'll get it back. I do know people though who are um, in their mid to late 20s whose parents still pay for their rent. Really? Yes. And there's two sides to this. Sometimes I think that's really annoying you're such a lucky bitch you're spoiled rotten but also if I was a parent and I was in the position to pay for my child's rent I would yeah in all honesty we talk we always talk about how crippling rent is in our lives and how we can't do certain things because of rent it would be nice to you know let them live a life but also are you instilling like life lessons in that child it depends it depends for me why is that if you are paying for your child's rent why are you doing it does your child live alone what's the point in them living in a house on their own and you're paying their rent when they can just live in your house like there, I feel like there has to be like a situation for it like if you're paying for your child's rent because they're living with their partner and they're having a baby and they need to build a life for themselves okay cool like I totally get that but do you know what I mean like it depends on the situation this person that I'm talking about is living and working in London and his family don't live 
in London. So okay. he's paying high rents and he is not getting paid a lot of money in the job he wants to do, but it's something he really wants to do. And his parents are helping him out. Now, I think the minute you find out or you realize that your child is taking advantage of you and these payments, then you should cut it and it's not okay. But if you're assisting your child and you are in a position to do so, I would 100% do the exact same thing. This is what I mean. If you're assisting, that person clearly wants, has a certain idea of what they want to do with their life and yeah. they're passionate and, and they're they going for help. it. And they need a little bit yeah. of help to do it. Yeah, I totally get that. But if you're just like a random, like, I don't want to live with mom anymore and they're starting to pay for your plan 10, then piss off. But the reason I bring this up is because we spoke about this one night and he was very hesitant in telling me this because he finds he's judged by the wealth that he has or the wealth that his family has. And I think this is a common thread that we see that money isn't spoken about, particularly with those who have money. Mm. They seem to hide their wealth or they don't want to talk about the benefits or the privileges they have. Everybody wants to talk about how broke they are because it's <laughs> funny and it's, we're, we're broke millennials since that's what we do. Very true. Has there been any, especially with friendships you see sometimes, there might be someone making a lot of money and someone not. I don't know how much you guys make in your salary. It's not something we talk about and we choose not to talk about. But why the secrecy? It's something I never actually thought about. I read a really interesting article, um, a vice article, and it's titled The Great Millennial Wealth Divide. The, how, the Millennial. The millennial Wealth Divide. How Wage Gaps Affect Friendships. And it's just, and they're saying little things like splitting the restaurant bill. So they're saying things like, if you earn £20,000 a year Mm -hmm. and you're sitting at a table with a friend who earns £100,000 and you've all ordered food, whatever, and that person spent maybe £10 more than you, do you split the bill evenly between you all because you're all just friends and it works out for everybody at different times? Or do you are you that person that says, look, I only earn this amount of money, I want to pay just for myself? Well, I don't know about you, but I always say I'll just pay for my own. Me too. Yeah, I don't... I. I feel and I feel like it's such a thing where people who earn a little bit more or who are very comfortable in their finances are like oh they'll just split it evenly because it's easier yeah. and I've been out with people who do that I personally am always like no and it's not because I'm trying to be stingy or trying to be scabby but I'm like I shouldn't have to pay a little bit extra yeah. just because other people want to enjoy themselves if they want to enjoy themselves that's fine put your money towards it Yeah, like it's not a big deal I think it goes both ways though I think you're right if that wealthy person wants to do all of these things do all of those things don't expect me to do the same but also on the flip side if I don't have the money I shouldn't live beyond my means oh yeah if yeah. I'm not in the position to split the bill then I shouldn't out of embarrassment say I can't split the bill I'll just say look no I'm going to just pay yeah. for my water and lime and I'm out of here yeah. <laughs> you have to learn to live within your means however would you judge someone if you found out they made a lot of money and you notice that maybe they have some sensible slash frugal spending habits? Ooh, that's a very good question. I would like to say no, but I would, would not judge them, but I would. Yeah, yeah I would, yeah. And that's, and that's a fair comment for what you're yeah. saying. People who earn a bit more tend not to talk about it because that's the kind of rap they get. Yeah. And yeah, you're totally right. That's I would have that response. I feel like we're we don't mind talking about our salaries because maybe we're not on the higher end of, of salary makers. The minute you start making over a certain amount, people are afraid to share it because they know that people begrudge them. And Judging people look, oh, well, they have so much money. How come they didn't? Trains yeah. on you tonight, yeah, babes. exactly. Very dark. I had an internet like this before a couple of years ago. I didn't say it out loud, but I remember in the back of my head, I think, oh, for God's sake. And now I feel a bit ashamed of it. But we were, we were, I can't remember, we were doing a group thing or something like that. And then this friend of ours said he will pay for it. So then we gave him all the money and we all knew he earned quite a bit of money because he went into business straight away in Galway or no, I'm sorry, Trinity. They did a master's in Galway and we knew he was earning like loads or whatever. But he sent an email into the group chat saying, hey, I'm three pounds 80 short. Oh my God. And I just remember thinking like, 
oh my god it's three pound fucking 80 the amount of fucking money that you earn pull your head out of your ass absolutely fucking up but at the same time we all said we'll give you this exact yeah. same amount of money somebody obviously did not give that same amount of money mm-hmm. that they promised mm-hmm. somebody in theory did shortchange him mm-hmm. so he was well within his rights to ask for that money back but i freely admit i was that person who was like get your head out of your fucking ass it was the money you earned you really need a three pound 80 but he had every right to ask for it i agree with you i think when it's a small sum you're like what a tight arse however i think there is nothing worse when someone owes you money connor say you owe me 10 quid oh god do i you don't don't worry <laughs> I would have whipped you for it. Two. Say you owe me 10 quid and you haven't paid it to me yet. It's my money that you owe me. And I have to keep chasing you for it. And they're like, oh my God, I'll give it to you. And people get fresh with you over that. And you think, why are they making me feel bad yeah, about me chasing money. my own money? Mm. This happens all the time. Oh. And I, it's so uncomfortable because you feel bad asking for it, even though it's your own money. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. So I know we talk about like, you know, keeping it quiet for your friend groups and stuff like that, but I do think there's another aspect of it in terms of your workplace. I feel like it's Ooh. very taboo to talk about how much you earn at work yes. around your colleagues. Yes. And I think that's perpetrated by the higher ups in the company so that you don't talk to other people how much you earn. Yes. So other people can compare and contrast. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Especially with um, the private sector in that two people could be working the same job, but they could be on different salaries. It depends what they negotiated when they started. Exactly, because I know that in the job that I was in, I was on a certain amount of money and I was only at a, I was only there about a year. And I know one of the girls that was there, she was, she, we were having a few drinks and she was chatting about how much she earned and she told me how much she earned. And she'd been working there three years. It was like a good two levels higher than me. I was earning the same amount of money as me. Yikes. Because I have worked in other places before and I knew how to find my corner and say, well, I deserve this much money. Mm. No, it's because you're a man. <laughs> oh. Don't do that, girl. Don't do that. So we discussed money in the workplace. We discussed money in friendships. Let's go even deeper again. Oh, God. Away from the baby pool, away from the shallow end and into the deep end. Oh, my God. Deep dive. Deep dive. Um, what about like money and probably shouldn't say this when you sit here uh, like money and relationships are we open are we secretive are we honest do you have secret money bitch <laughs> there's one thing my mother instilled from me from day one is she always says she's like okay money can't buy you happiness but by god it solves a lot of your problems yep. that will stop you from being unhappy mm. it's very much how she approached it and she put that into me so I will obviously love you and all that kind of stuff, but I will be careful with my money and my own finances to a degree for myself in case something happens. Is that why you wouldn't buy me chicken the other night? Lies. <laughs> uh, but I have no shame in admitting that I will be very careful with my money to a certain degree because yes, I love you and all that kind of stuff, but you know, you could have more money. Yeah, because you, but you could fuck off tomorrow and I could be left with not a lot. So I'm very, I very much don't have secret money. You know the money I have. But that's my money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we're both under that impression. Like, yes. you earn your money, I earn my own money, we split our bills right dead, dead, dead in the center. Like, yep. he doesn't pay more because he earns more than me or whatever. Like, yeah, I it's do the same. Half and half, equal partners, that's how we come into this. What's yours is yours, what's mine is mine. And if sometimes I need to take away when I'm hungover, you'll do that for me. <laughs> the phrase that is coined for this type of behavior is I love this financial infidelity. Ooh, oh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage financial infidelity. Uh, 44% of people in relationships admit to committing financial infidelity against a partner. It sounds so violent. I love it. Most often, so this basically means having spending habits or having money that you just don't tell your partner about. Now, I am guilty of this. <laughs> Listen, I'm a gal. Mm. Ben's a lad. Yeah. Women have expenses that men just don't have. 
gonna be pedicure. I get my nails done every two weeks. I have my tan. I have my makeup. I buy some clothes. I do find myself lying sometimes. If a, if an order comes in and Ben signs for it and he says, what's in this? Did you buy something new? I will find myself saying, no, it's a gift. <laughs> ben, I hope you're listening. listening. But I'm thinking like... Or I'll say, yeah, but I'm going to change it. Or I'll wear a top and be like, is that new? I actually bought it once ago. I just haven't worn it. I, I straight up lie about what I spend. Yeah. All the time. And that's such an interesting thing for girls because I don't think we have expenses like that because we don't do the makeup and we don't do the clothes and we don't do whatever. So well, we have plenty of clothes, but I am, I, I'm honest with you the what that I spend. Yeah, very, like, but not because I'm like, oh my God, John, this is yeah. how much I spent today. But like most of it would be me sitting there going, oh my God, John, why did I spend so much money but on But I think part? a part of me is also a bit like, you know, look, we also live together. We know what our shared expenses are. Mm. I perfectly c- contribute to those shared expenses when needs to, sometimes more if necessary. But anything that's left over, I feel like is mine and my expense. So. I agree. My thing is that Ben and I are both actively saving to buy a house. So we are monitoring our spending habits. Uh, but I also don't want him to comment when he's like, how much did that? I'm like, shut your fucking mouth. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I put away my savings for the house today. Just, I just don't need to tell him anything. Just let me be. <laughs> let me be me. Also, the best advice I ever got in my entire life was have runaway money. So my mum told me the day I left to move to London, she was like, listen, he seems like a great guy. Everything's going to go well, but you never know what happens in life. Always keep a stash of what she calls runaway money. So it's money that I will have if shit hits the fan or anything that goes wrong that Ben knows nothing about. He doesn't know how much I have saved. Nobody knows how much I have saved. It's just for your independence. If I needed to run away tomorrow <laughs> with all of my excessive makeup, clothes and hair stuff, <laughs> I have a secret bank account that I can do so with. I love that. I have runaway money girls. Nothing of the sort, but I would love to be that kind of person who has like, you know, rubies and diamonds hidden in a, in a, <laughs> a chest. Exactly rubies. Hidden in a chest under the ground and then you just grab it and run, you know? It's more like coppers and silvers, but yeah. Ah! <laughs> very good, very good. Right, well, guys, I think that's all we have time for today. I love how I say that was all you have time for. It's a podcast. We decide how long we do this. And um, we've gone over time. And we've gone over time. But yeah, so this week we thought it'd be really interesting to talk about money just because it's such a massive thing in all of our lives. Always will be, always going to be. Got to deal with it. Um, we hope that some of the stuff that we've talked about, you guys kind of resonate, feel yourselves and know that you're not alone. We all have overdrafts. We all have credit cards. <laughs> I actually also made a decision today. Oh, Jesus. Um, I'm going to open an OnlyFans account just to make some money. <gasps> and I'm just going to like not show my face and <laughs> everything else. Do you know what? Do I'll it. link it in the bio. <laughs> <laughs> link in the bio. But girl, be careful because that's self-income. So make sure you claim that. The tax man will be after you. Shit, I didn't think this through. Do you know what I mean? That's the thing. I saw that in the airport. It was like, OnlyFans gays, I swear to God, you need to make sure you state how much money you're making because otherwise <laughs> the tax man will be after you. If you want us to do an episode on OnlyFans and sexuality in 2020, Hit do me up. So. Get back Actually, to me in about six months and I'll let you know how it's going on. <laughs> if you'd like an Only, if you like a Generation Y though camp show, episodes, well, you know, hit us up. Myself and Kyle can... Oh my God, will the three of us start an OnlyFans together? yeah okay okay send off the instagram if you want us to do that uh but yeah we're gonna wrap it up now uh money's a big thing um let us know if you agreed with us let us know if you have any thoughts or let me any... know if you want an only fans guys <laughs> <laughs> let us know if you have any opinions about what we talked about today we really want you guys to get involved and again as usual any other topics you want to talk about let us know because we're here uh but yeah that's everything guys um don't forget you can follow us on twitter and instagram at generation underscore why though you can drop us an email at gen though at gmail.com oh god if you'd like to donate us some money, we'll happily accept it on Facebook, at Generation Y, though. Can you do that on Facebook? 
Not a clue. Just give us some fucking money. But you can do it on OnlyFans. <laughs> you can do it on OnlyFans. OnlyFans. <laughs> OnlyFans. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank Bye. You, bye. bye. bye.